Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con Report wherever you get your podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, you know the drill. Like button, subscribe button, all that good stuff. You can find us there at Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. And as a programming reminder, before we get into the Commander's opening win, just a reminder, Bram Weinstein, the voice of the Commanders, and I will be doing a live YouTube show Tuesday night, answering your questions, talking about the game, looking ahead, all that good stuff. So join us there. Today, I'm joined by the voice of the Commanders, Bram Weinstein, the guy I just talked about, as we go over Washington's 28-22 season opening win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. A roller coaster ride. We got the full Carson Wentz experience, and it ended up well for Washington. That's all I really have to say. Two notes, um, and I mentioned this in the in the in the interview with Bram or the conversation with Bram. The Gary Mathis, the Commanders' defensive tackle, suffered a left knee injury. Ron Rivera said he was going to be looked at, excuse me, MRIs and an X-ray tomorrow on Monday, but he did say they were concerned about the knee. And I know John Allen limped off after the uh, at one point late in the game. Saw him walking around okay in the locker room, but we'll find out more about the injury guys. Tomorrow, we talk to Ron Rivera at 10.30 in the morning on Monday. So, anyway, with all that being said, you want to hear about the game. Relive this one. So, here's my conversation with the voice of the commanders and the an ESPN 6.30 radio host, Bram Weinstein. Bram, for an opener, I think we got an awful lot. And it was, I mean, it was up down all around it was the full carson wentz experience it was the commanders and the jaguars wrapped in one who was going to outdo the other what'd you think of the open i was a roller coaster i i think it it probably it exceeded my expectations with the functionality of the offense and the ability to spread the ball to so many different people so quickly um the defense I was not surprised by um, some of the big plays that occurred. I think that, that was my fear, you know, coming into the game that they just, they didn't feel like they were quite ready. And then Mathis gets hurt and then they look gassed, you know, in the third and fourth quarter. And, you know, all of a sudden they're down. And, you know, I think this is, they made some mistakes. And what they have not had in the past is a quarterback who has the ability to rectify those mistakes. And he did. So I'm happy for him, obviously. Yeah. In a couple plays. Yeah. I mean, that coming back with the three or four play drive to cap it off by the McLaurin touchdown was huge because it got you back right away. And I think, you know, in the past, they don't have that capability. And that's one of the things that they loved about him was that big arm. And he went out and showed it. What, you know, we'll stick, let's stick with the offense for right now, because my thought going in was, they have a lot of talent. And I thought maybe there would be some hiccups along the way because they're going to be natural, a natural evolution and building process to what they can maximize with this offense. But man, they've got some weapons potentially here, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. This is the best set top to bottom skill position players they've had in recent memory, you know, just across the board. And they should have matchup problems for people. Yeah. And it was clear as day here in game one. Like, don't be fooled by that Jacksonville defense. Like, 
they're really fast up front, like really, really super fast. Like Trayvon Walker got caught a couple of times and he made a couple of crazy plays like that. You now, you know why he's the number one pick like Josh Allen's a really, really good defensive end slash linebacker. We called his name like twice the whole game. Falua, like uh, uh outstanding um, middle linebacker that they picked up really fast, led the NFL in tackles. How many times do we call his name? So they were able to spread the ball around and I was surprised how efficient they were, especially early. You know, I, I used the line for the last couple of weeks. I felt like they hid the offense from themselves because they didn't really show anything. And then the last couple of weeks, if you went to practice, you got to see a little bit more of what they were thinking and what they were going to do. And it was, um, it's, they just, they have so many different options that they could potentially go to and not just options, but trusted options. Right. Especially if Dotson's going to make the type of plays that he made as a rookie. I don't see why he won't continue that. Yeah. I, I don't think so either. Like, like, I don't like to hype too many guys up because I think like what you see in shorts and t-shirts in the spring and even in the summer doesn't necessarily translate, but with him, it was so obvious the second he stepped on the field that this was not going to be too big for him. And, you know, I think we got validated today. He made two outstanding plays. And the last one was that was a McLaurin catch. Like that adjustment at the last second is the stuff that McLaurin does. And Wentz took a shot with him on a third down when they didn't need to do it. Um, Wentz hitting Thomas on the play before the McLaurin touchdown. That was a third and long. That they and a sidearm like, throw too had to make a yeah, sidearm throw. I mean, just I mean, honestly, like I know he had one really bad pick, and then the second one, I, I don't know. We I need to watch it again to see really kind of what happened. I kind of I have a feeling Walker just made a really great play, but like did, but I'll need to look at it again. But overall, I mean, like I, I I'm just this is the part of Wentz where I understand where they were coming from when they wanted to quote unquote take a chance on him because for years and years. This is a team that when they make the type of mistakes they've made to get back into a game like that, it's just so hard. Like they don't have the ability to make a big play when they need to. And he clearly offers them that. And on day one, it looked really good. Well, and I don't want to hype Dotson up too much. I'm just going to say he's going to be in the Hall of Fame someday. But <laughs> short of that, <laughs> I do. But <laughs> what I like about this attack is how they can – the defense isn't going to always know who to focus on. And one, a couple of things they did well, they a lot of the crossing routes and running guys into one another, the little obstructive screens and whatever, all within the flow of a, of a route, all legal, but they were to do it on a crosser to, um, to Samuel, it happens. On the wheel route to Antonio Gibson, the way they positioned the play design has, tight, has the tight end Logan Thomas basically running some interference inside preventing the linebacker from getting over to cover Gibson. So a lot of good things. And then the other thing, Bram, too, on the, on the long pass to Antonio Gibson, it's they have Gibson and Jonathan Williams in the backfield together. It's a play action to – it's a it's a fake handoff to Williams. Gibson gets down the field so the linebackers can't drop. The safety's got a hold because Wentz holds him, and then he's get open, and that's a nice throw. So, like, they can do things that we haven't seen. The one thing is that you're right. We didn't see a lot of these plays being made, but we know the skill level of these players. We saw Samuel making guys miss in the summertime. We saw the plays by Dotson. We know what McLaurin can do. We know what what um, what what Thomas can do. I think where, we, where's the, where they started to show a little bit more late was the Gibson and the passing game, and he was really good there. 
Well, he could be their biggest playmaker of all of it. Like yeah. when all the stuff happened in the beginning of camp after that fumble and people were like kind of talking about him being demoted, that's one way of looking at it. I think that they just determined that they didn't like the mistakes and the fumbling is a problem. I mean, he led the NFL in fumbles last year. And that's just not going to be a good carryover. And then I learned, you know, this past week that he didn't react very well to it. He was open to admit that. Right. So I think that was part of, you know, what ended up having what felt like a pretty massive fallout from that, like almost an overreaction is what it felt like to me at the time. And then when I heard him talk earlier this week about, how he wants to do kick returns and how he's okay with his role now and how he still thinks he's going to be able to make plays. And Ron Rivera for three weeks has been telling me, he's like, he's a big part of the offense. Like, don't, don't get this mistaken. He is. And when he's in space, he's the devastating player that they have. Like if he makes a guy slip, he hits four, three burners and he's gone and he's big so he can break tackles. So all along, I'm like, I don't know why people keep talking about him being, you know, just like benched or something. That's not going to happen. He's not going to be used the way he was used before. And that got solidified by the mistake he made in that Carolina game. And uh, what do you have? Seven catches. I mean, like that's where he could be a humongous playmaker for that. And and it's where you use the receiving skills. He's not lying. He's he's being used as receiver out of the backfield where he can get a mismatch um, with the defense. That's where he's strong. And it is funny because after that fumble, you get a lot of people saying, oh, they got to cut him, got to just get rid of him. Now I was like, why? The, you, you knew the guy could still play because they still liked him a lot. He was still explosive. Now there's 16 more games, but th- but he showed today why you still need not just want him on the team, but want him as a part of this offense. Of course. And, you know, and it's, it's you know, they didn't have to rely on him running the ball a lot. They can get to that in a lot of different ways, but he's going to be a threat for you. And it just adds to what they can do. I mean, listen, honestly, like I have, I, I, I was say I felt like very Homerish saying this, but like, I will put up their skill position set group of people with just about anybody else, like top to bottom, top to bottom, like name me a team that's as deep at receiver at running back at tight end all at the same time. Like, I don't, I don't, that doesn't feel like something that's. I don't know. Like, is that crazy? And look at what happened in week one. And granted, there's a, there's a long way to go here. And that is a team. I couldn't believe I read this stat. That team hasn't won a road game since before the pandemic. So, you know, like, let's, let's be honest about it. Like, while I think they're better and I think they're going to be better, that's not a great NFL team that they played today. They're supposed to win that game. It's a very young team with a lot of young players out there. This was chalked up as a win the second the schedule came out. So, you know, I want to be, I don't want to get too hyperbolic about it, but it was a really good start for the offense and it did showcase versatility like they have not had in a very long time. Do you think it's, and you always want to blow a team out. That would be the ideal situation for anybody because they're like, oh my gosh, look what, look what they have. I also like when teams get tested mentally right away because you learn a lot about them. And I think you, we learned a lot about Carson Wentz, the two picks. And by the way, I'm the second one to, to Trayvon Walker even he even went said after the game that he should have just thrown it in the dirt because you could see Walker start to lean over into that play and, and he was going to disrupt it. If nothing else, it was a hell of an interception, but it was also a play where Wentz just has to throw it in the dirt and, and basically eat it. But he still, he threw to, throws two picks team gives up a lead at home. They had things going well. They had the fumble by Samuel and then they responded. So, yeah. you know, how much do we learn from the, and we, we talked about this, 
off the air and on your sh radio show the other day about Rivera saying he even he doesn't know what he has in this team. So what did we learn about them today? And and was it? And again, I, I you always want to win by a blowout if you can, but if you can't, this isn't a bad way because I do think it's revealing a little bit. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, they blew a fourteen to three home lead, right? Eight. Which yeah. is bad to a team that hasn't won a lot of games in a long time. Um, and it's had a debut head coach, and yeah, they're better. You know, they they're better. Um, that and, said, and though, fourth quarter when it looked like they were completely out of gas and totally gassed up front on the defensive side of the ball, and their offense had thrown two picks. One of them was a bad one, and then there was a walk-in touchdown. Like that typically is game over. Correct. And that did not happen. So right. they are resilient. Typically, it takes them a few weeks before they start showing that resilience, but it was right. there. And the other thing that I would say that like kind of stood out to me was there is a part of the couple parts of the defense that do worry me. And one of them is going to be slot receivers. Yep. Um, can Benjamin St. Juice cover that slot receiver at times? They, I felt bad for Jamin Davis because he got caught trying to cover Christian. Mismatch. A couple of Can't times. do that. I mean, Can't that's just it. not fair. Like, no. like he's not going to win that. Kirk ended up with, I'm not surprised by the numbers he had because the money they spent, he's their number one. He ended up with over 100 yards. It's a very quiet, you know, very quiet over 100 yards. But part of that was there's a problem in the middle of the field with a really good slot receiver. And I think that's something that could rear up a lot this year. It is, and and I and I agree with that. And um, you know, I I you're the thing. The other thing to keep in mind too, defensively, they got lucky or fortunate because receiver open in the end zone that Lawrence misses. Lawrence throws it to Etn, who makes a hell of a defensive play and knocks it down. But if he catches it, it's it's an easy touchdown, right? So Washington's defense benefited from a couple of Jacksonville mistakes, and I don't. You know, it's not raining on a parade. It's just looking at it. So you, because you want to see, well, where is it that they need to get better? And it is defensively. And that was, I was disappointed with uh, the consistency of that of that unit. I do, you know, the upfront you can see where the issues, where why there may be some inconsistencies when you only have a few guys healthy because you lose Mathis right away. And for people listening, there is concern. Ron Rivera said after the game that there is concern about his his left knee. And they're getting, he's getting an MRI and x-rays tomorrow and they are concerned. So just know that, but it's going to leave a hole in the middle with however much time he has to miss. Um, what defensively, what was it that, what were your takeaways there? Uh, so I thought early they were playing off again, which I thought was interesting. I thought they brought more heat than, and they, especially early with some corner blitzes, safety blitzes, stuff like that, which I was like appreciative of. I think we had yep. kind of talked about this yep. that they need to stop it's just relying on this group, you know, to make all these plays. Late sweat was when you needed him to be great, was great. Late yeah, in the game, he was really good. Um, you know, Casey Tuhill made a couple of nice plays, yep. Smith Williams made a couple of nice plays. Allen was his usual, you know, we, we've come to expect he's model of consistency till he got hurt. Once he got hurt, I thought they were in trouble. And he was walking um, but, around okay in the locker room, just for people listening. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, overall, the part that, that I'm concerned about mainly is the middle of the field, whether it's linebacker play, slot corner play, Buffalo nickel play on a good slot receiver that was exploited today. Um, I'm with you. I think they they got a little fortunate. Trevor Lawrence missed a couple of passes. One should have been a touchdown uh, right. early in that he just missed. Two of them should have been touchdowns. Uh, you know, they couldn't convert in the red zone a couple of times. It's a, like, you know, like, listen, like there were some breaks. You know, that happens in the NFL. They got some breaks today. Um, overall, you know, like I thought the corner play was pretty good, but they're extremely thin, you know, so I'm consistently concerned about depth there. 
But I was a little, I was a little disappointed in William Jackson the third. Yep, I was too. You know, I still think like there's still clearly a ways to go with him. Um, I thought Kendall Fuller had a really bad call against him in this game. I was gonna, overall. I was gonna bring that up too about things that yeah. were missed. I thought I don't understand where there was the pass interference on that play. Yep. I didn't like that one. And then, um, but you know, on the back end, look, no cam curl, I thought would be a really, really big deal for them. And on the back end, actually the safety play was great. And Derek Force was Derek Force was outstanding yep. um, today. And he's someone that has really grown into the role. They love how aggressive he is. You could see it when he on the ETN play or other plays, he comes like a missile. So he's the old bad intentions player. Um, now he's running where he's supposed to be as opposed to last year where the instincts were kind of taking him the wrong way. So there's been a maturation of his game. And while, you know, I still would prefer to have curl on the field than they would too. I thought Forrest for a debut debut in a, in a starring role was just outstanding. And when I talked to him after the game, he said the coaches pulled him aside midweek and said, you know, not only are you starting because Cam Curl's not playing, but, um, but we think that you're going to be in position to make a lot of plays, almost readying him for it. And he really came up to the. He really, he really stood up to the challenge. He was out. He's physical, and I like what I like about him is he. And he comes first of all. He comes ready to hit every time, but he's very aggressive physically. But I feel like he makes smart. He's smart and decisive back there, and I think you saw that on on a number of plays. The interception was a was a definite pressure throw, and he has to run up the field. Makes a nice play. But I thought there were a number of other plays where it just stood out for him. The fumble that he caused a fumble or, not, you know, knocked the ball out of, I think it was ETN's hands. I think it was um, in the red zone, just another a physical, aggressive play. And that's who he's been. You know, it's funny, Bram, because you saw that in the spring. You're like, okay, well, there's, you know, there's no pads on or whatever. And then you saw it early in training camp. And then you saw it in the preseason games. So this is who this kid is. And I think when Curl gets back, you have a guy, you'll have Curl McCain, but now you have probably even more confidence to use that three safety set and put Curl as the um, Buffalo nickel and Forrest back there. That's a that's a good find for them. And yeah, so I, I agree with you. Um with with the um, with the with the with the slot stuff, is that do you think that's as much Kirk? Do you think that's Jacksonville taking advantage of something, or do you think that there's a bigger issue with Washington's ability to cover there? And that would be Benjamin um, I, mean, I came too. in thinking good slot receivers is going to be a problem for this team. Just like they're they're trying to transition St. Juice. Um, you know, I hope it works out for him there. Um, we know that there have been limitations with the linebackers in terms of, you know, I love Holcomb. I think he's a really, really good player. Like, I'm not worried about him. I think he's a really good player. I think there's just a minor athletic limitation that's there, but I love him, you know, as a player. Like, I'm not worried about him. Um, you know, Davis is still work in progress for sure, but he's, they're hoping he's going to be a lot better. He looks like he's a lot better, made a couple of plays today. Um, and so I just think the middle of the field with a really good slot receiver, it's just going to be a potential problem area for them this year. I could just see it as a potential problem area. And I kind of came in thinking that way. And here's day one with an offense that isn't really, you know, working on all cylinders and their number one, very good player had a lot of plays in the middle of the field. And I'm not, I'm not surprised by that. Now, and I will say in fairness to Benjamin St. Jude's, it's the first time he's playing inside there. They put him in there because they, that you, you look at his like his three cone drill at the combine and his numbers were really good. That's and they, they like his length in there. That's why he's there. It does take a minute to learn how to play there. So that's something I'll be curious to see. Does he grow there? They do have guys like Danny Johnson's on practice squad. If there's still an issue, 
You can always bump him up if you really wanted to, if you had to. I don't know that they're going to get to that because they like St. Juice's versatility. He had the blitz and he had a pressure on that blitz. So I'm curious, and, I, and Rivera admitted or said afterwards that there were a couple defensive alignments that left them vulnerable, like on Jamin Davis against Kirk. That yeah. can happen, and they know it. And he said that both he and Del Rio said they know it. So that's something that you have to get corrected in that whatever that scheme, whatever that alignment was, then you have to get that corrected. So, you know, that's, that's something there as well. Um, if Mathis has to miss a lot of time, what's your level of concern there? One more thing I'll say just really quickly, just okay. the positive part of what I've seen, at least in practice. And then I even saw it once today. Um, he's bigger than most people in that right. position. And he occupies space in windows that it's a little different. And there yeah. was one play where he all of a sudden altered a trajectory of a pass. Cause I think like when it's moving that fast, you don't typically see someone that size standing there. So right. I do think that there's a possibility of him kind of altering yeah, length helps. a bit. So yeah. it helps uh, with Mathis being out. It's a big deal. Like obviously they're concerned that did not look good. So we'll have to just see what they end up saying. Hopefully they'll get lucky and it won't be too bad, but you know, clearly he's not playing next week. Like, you know, like we know that. So um, I think it is a big deal. You know, this does go back to, you know, there were some I interesting decisions that were made in the offseason about depth, like specifically Tim Settle, you know, yep. and here's a situation where they lost what is a primary backup or primary rotational player or someone who I think was a really big deal for their defense this year. And um, I don't know how long they're going to lose them for, but I think that's a big deal. So, you know, is F.A. Obata going to be good enough in the interior? I don't know. Is Daniel Wise ready to play a lot of downs in the interior? I don't know. I like um, Daniel but, Wise too. Yeah, I like him. I like him, but you know, yeah. No, <laughs> it's going to be yeah. It's a but question. But if he's your starter, question. you know, like then you start you start yeah. feeling differently about it. So I do think it's a, it's a big deal, um, and I'll like to see how they react to it. You know, we'll wait and see what the diagnosis is, but it, it doesn't sound like it's very good, and it doesn't sound like it's something that's gonna he's going to get over in the really, really, really near term. So they're going to have to figure something out with their rotation for sure. The NFL's opening week was action-packed, and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $250 in free bets instantly. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KIME, K-E-I-M, to get $250 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code KIME, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for the details. Let's spend a few minutes on Carson Wentz. Oh, like overall, what'd you think of his day? So I think I told you the other day when we were talking, whether it was here or, you know, on my show, I don't, can't remember that I actually, by the end of camp, it really had flipped. And I, I felt really good about him. Yeah, like I, I just I was watching him in practice and, you know, there's still some accuracy stuff, but it felt really different. So it really actually, I don't know, rationalized what they said early in the camp when I was kind of freaking out by all the inaccuracy that was there. And they said, don't worry about this. It's just training camp. You'll see, we're just testing stuff out. That ended up being more than true. Um, he's got command of this thing. 
Um, the other part of it that I like, and I think I've been kind of like, I don't know, I'm not trying to sound smart, but like I'm like harping on this for a while. I, I don't want them to unleash the Kraken with this guy. Like I want them to build his confidence back up and they have a lot of weapons that can do a lot of things with their legs. So get the ball out of his hands and boom, first quarter was get the ball to Samuel immediately, get the ball to Logan Thomas mm-hmm. immediately, get the ball out of his hands immediately. And it was dialed up really well by Scott Turner. I think it caught Jacksonville off guard because they saw none of it, you know, in the preseason. So they really caught them off guard and they got off to a really good start, mainly by going chunk by chunk by chunk and letting these skill position players make plays with their feet. And Samuel was amazing, you know, in the first half. Gibson had some amazing moments. Dotson scores this touchdown. Like all of a sudden they look as versatile as we think they're going to be. And, you know, like, and then by the end, after mistakes, they needed him to make the type of plays that they brought him here for. And he did twice, you know, like huge ones. Yeah, big. So it was, it all kind of, there's nothing I could say that I don't feel really, really, really good about, you know, like I, I just feel really good about seeing all of that. Like he can, I think he'll operate extremely well. If you have him make decisions quickly and get the ball out of his hands and hopefully get some mismatches and things like that. But in the end, you know, when you need a play, he's capable of it in a way that we haven't had since probably Kirk Cousins. So yeah. it all kind of adds up to for a week, we saw a package and we saw a a rationalization of why they got him here. You saw and, all of it. And I like that he faced adversity and after his second interception, he comes back and throws two touchdown passes. And I think that's that's always a good sign for how a guy responds. And Rivera said he looked at him on the side and said, hey, you got to go win the game. And he said, I will. So that's always a good thing. And I, you know, it's funny because we you talk about early in camp. And I remember talking about this on the podcast as well, just that they anybody ever talked to about like, hey, what do you think of Carson or, or anything? They, they were always surprised if you brought up anything about because, you know, and I'd always frame it as passing game inconsistencies because what you'd hear as much from them was, well, the receivers sometimes aren't running to the right depth or running too quick in and out of this break and it's throwing timing off. What they would also admit, and I think Carson would admit it too, is that sometimes the, his mechanics get off and it leads to the other inconsistency. But it was a lot of times it was timing and rhythm, and that's what we started to see late in training camp. And I think we saw a lot of that today. So I think that's a good sign for the future. And you would think that this is going to be an offense that just gets better and you get Brian Robinson back in several weeks, they hope, then, you know, it takes, it can go up a little bit more. And so we'll see how it goes. I mean, the one thing, and it's funny, Bram, because I, for um, the, our NFL nation group at the SPN, I talked to Troy Aikman. He had a conference call with us two weeks ago or so. And I asked him like, what do you want to see from Wentz? And his thing was consistency, not just game to game, but play to play series to series. And, you know, and I think, you know, you understand why, but I felt like for the most part, he did a really good job. Two bad throws. One, well, one bad throw, one bad hitch, and then, to, you know, that he was late on the throw. So decision-making was pretty good. And, you know, I think he gives them hope. And, it, you know, and I think that's, that's what you want in a quarterback. You know, the other thing that did not happen today, I don't recall anything like this. I'll rewatch soon, but. Um, you know, last year, one of my reservations with him was decision-making on slow developing plays or when he was right. you know, forced out of the pocket, he did a few things where he 
you're like, what is he doing? Like they were Mahomes-esque plays, but they had disaster written all over them. Threw the ball left-handed a couple of times, you know. 15 times last year he did that. Yeah. And so that didn't happen today. No. And granted, it's game one, but they also blew a lead. <laughs> you know, yeah. They're down in the fourth quarter. You know, Reach like close. could could the instincts to do something, you know, little backyardy that's gotten him in trouble in the past be there? Sure. I didn't see it. So this guy, you know, I think he's used the word he's matured a lot. I think he's in a different place in his life. I think he understands. I saw the I, I really saw the I, I, I thought it was very revealing. I saw Rivera gave him the game ball um, in the locker room and then they played the clip and he said something and he just like made this face like this was a crazy offseason for me. Like it was the first time I've like heard him really just say it, you know, like just say it. Because everyone knows it's true. You could pretend it's not, but everyone knows that it that it's true. And I, I just seeing him just kind of stay within the game, you know, let his talents dictate what he can do, not do anything that's really kind of so off schedule to get the team in trouble, get himself in trouble. I really thought it was a great debut. And yeah, he had one really bad pass. I'm sure he'd like to have back. And the other one I'd need to watch again. But um, overall, like if you think the quarterback's not going to make mistakes, you don't watch NFL right. football. Like right, you know, right. like they <laughs> all do. You know, they all do. Yeah, no, and and it's well, I will say too, their belief in him is pretty strong, and what they like, you know, privately, their belief in him has been very strong. And it's funny you talk about like the scene in the locker room because one of the things too with Wentz, he's really good. He's been really good since he's been here at looking forward, and he'll acknowledge past mistakes and he'll acknowledge that yeah i've made mistakes i haven't been perfect whatever nobody has but he'll acknowledge that but he always wants to look forward that's kind of his personality that that i've seen and you know just focus on that and i think that helps him as he matures you know i don't think he's i don't think he's burdened as much by some of the past stuff as people might think and that's a i think that can be a good thing and it's funny you talk about like you're right. The ability. I even asked him, like, when you you throw that second pick, and now you want to get everything back right away. How do you stay calm? He's like, he goes, I played long enough. I played a lot of football. You know, you can't fix it all in one throw. And that was the approach that they took on the ensuing drive. And I also thought that Scott Turner did a nice job using his talent today, using that talent today. So I yeah, thought I he thought did so too. Yeah. I, I feel like, and I think we talked about this too. I really think that this is going to be more about the coaching and putting him into the best positions to succeed, yeah. that it really is a referendum on him. They're the ones that said they wanted to get him here. They're the ones that are standing on the table saying he's the right guy for us when everybody in the world is calling him washed or whatever they're saying about him and all the things that were said. And, you know, I just, I feel like they were validated a little bit. And I thought Scott Turner did a very good job today, obviously. Like in the first half, seven different receivers touched the ball. Like there were moments where the Jaguars, there was so much space between the re receivers. Like the Jaguars didn't know what was coming. So I got to give him credit. Granted, like it deflated there in the middle of the game, especially in the third quarter, but the defense did too. That is one other thing that I think, you know, needs to be pointed out again. This continues to happen when they come out of the locker room. They give up a long drive for scores. Yeah. This is to have, it happened a ton last year. It happened in five of six halves yep. in the preseason. Yep. Didn't, matter who the, didn't matter who the personnel was. And it happened twice again today. Jacksonville came out of the locker room, scored, got the ball scored. And then Jacksonville came out of the locker room and it was like Washington wasn't ready for the second half. Went three and out. Jacksonville goes out and scores twice. Yeah. Like, you know, like something's something's got to is a miss here. It's like they it's need. A, it's a good point. They, they need. It's like they need to warm up every time in each half. So I don't. I don't know what that's about. But this is beyond a trend with that. 
last thing, what'd you think of the atmosphere here today? Uh, there was a different energy in the building. It really was like, granted, this was, this was, uh, first, you know, first time I thought the stadium, I got to give Jason Wright and everybody over there who's who's dealt with it credit. The stadium looks a lot better, really does on the inside. They've done a lot of work inside of that building. Um, so I want to give them a lot of credit because it looks a lot better. Um, I thought the crowd, you know, listen, I did not expect, you know, of all opponents to get like i thought this was an interesting one because it's not gonna their their fan base isn't gonna overrun the stadium the way maybe the eagles or the cowboys or or somebody else might or green bay when they come here like might um so i think i was secure in knowing that it wasn't gonna have be a lot of teal in the stadium but i didn't know how much burgundy was gonna show up and i thought they were into it they were engaged yeah it was the energy was really really good and i'm glad that they were rewarded with a comeback win it was a roller coaster they stuck it out they they didn't act like here we go again like they stayed in it and i really um i loved it i thought the atmosphere this is one of the best atmospheres they've had in a while really i just you know and i don't know where it goes from here but i i really was it was a strong atmosphere it was a good it was a good atmosphere today people were pretty pumped up leaving and that's a good thing and it was funny because i know a lot of people get caught up in the name stuff and I know here there's a lot more that goes into why people have stopped coming or whatever. There's a lot of things that go into it. As I know the name thing. I went through that with Cleveland Indians changing to the Guardians. And what I noticed is when they started playing, I started following the players that I liked, right? It had nothing to do with the name. It had everything to do with the players in the field and they still represented the city. And what helps, though, is when you have success. Because if you don't get that, then everything else still matters. And it, and it always probably will to a degree. But so I think that was a good way for them to start. And you need to have success on the field for this thing to ever turn around from a national, you know, from whatever it is, for all this stuff it has to turn around from, it has to start on the field right now. I mean, it like, they changed their name two plus years ago now. You know, like, they haven't been the Redskins in a long time, like they now have this official new name and you can feel however you want to feel about it. Um, the other thing I really would just want to publicly praise them about, um, I saw some, I've seen a lot lately and I saw some that was played in the stadium. Their digital video team is just doing outstanding work right now. And that stuff really matters. Like it needs to look modern. It needs to look slick. Um, and some of it like really reverted back to showing a lot of the history. You know, they put Mike Bass in the hall. Yeah. Nobody who's under, 50 has any idea who that is right like so like they put him into the ring of fame not hall of fame the ring of fame um they did a little they did a bit where they showed the players who had passed you know over the the last year and it was really sleek and really well done and really just and i've noticed a lot of this and i haven't said anything done in the buildings i hope they hear this publicly i've noticed it and i think the fans notice it like i think they're messaging better i think they're reaching out differently i think they're being very modern about it the acumen for the content they're putting together has been really, really good. Julie's doing a great job with her stuff too. Like it just feels different. And I think the building represented that today that there is. Yeah. I, I know. I understand. There's a lot of change. People want I understand. Them to win. Yeah. yeah. Want I mean, them I understand there's a lot of change and I understand they haven't won in a long time. They haven't won anything yet. They're just one and oh. It's one and oh. Yeah. yeah we, there's a long it. way to go. Yes. Clearly got to earn it. But you see the steps that have been taken over the last couple of years to try to re you like energize the fan base again and i think you saw a little bit of that today and i thought that they were rewarded that way by the way the fans acted in the stadium they were really back engaged into it and i'm glad they got rewarded with a roller coaster game that they came back and won in the fourth quarter yep and the last thing i'll say on that when i was walking going down the locker room i can see the fans leaving and what i saw were a group of people who badly want this team to do well so they can latch on to them again and have that ride again 
where it's a fun ride. So 16 more games. We'll see where it goes, but it's one and oh, Graham. Thanks a lot for, for joining me. Okay. See ya. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Bram for joining me and thank you as always for tuning in. I'll be back on Tuesday night with a live YouTube show. Check us out there. It'll also be turned into a podcast. And there you go. Talk to you next time.